Beatrice Spills the Beans on Codependency is a codependency recovery, emotional awareness, and exploration podcast. B is a mom, social worker, and recovering codependent, creating a space for like-minded people who have similar experiences to help empower and cheer each other on. Join B on her journey with emotional exploration. Hey friends, great to be back for another month with you. For some reason, this month was really hard for me to come up with a topic. Well, I've been blessed up to this point that every time I want to do a topic on a podcast, it just comes to me naturally. I had to think a lot more about what I wanted to do and it came to me today, which I'm a week from releasing the podcast, so I'm going to have to do a lot of editing very quickly, which isn't normal, but I want this to be organic and I want it to be something that's honoring the journey that I'm on as as well as the journey that I have been on in the past. And so I don't want to just do a topic just to do a topic. I want to feel it. And I think this one's really interesting because I wanted to do an episode on embracing alone time and how important it is to learn to embrace alone time and spending time with yourself and getting to know yourself when recovering from codependency. And when I started to do some research on that topic, it brought to my attention that it's really important to talk about loneliness. I've recognized that I have been feeling a bout of loneliness recently and just feeling a little off. And I've been around people and I've been having plans, but I've still been feeling loneliness And when I was doing research on the topic of loneliness, it really brought to my attention why I'm feeling that way and where that loneliness comes from and just a reminder that I still need to work on my codependency and my codependency patterns and work on some self-care. And as you'll learn today, as we talk about hashtag loneliness, codependency and loneliness go really hand in hand together and A lot of times, if you suffer from codependency, you suffer from loneliness. And it's something that has to constantly be worked on, even in recovery. Um, Even after years of recovery, it's still something that needs to be worked on. So with that, we're going to talk about loneliness today. And like I said, it started out with wanting to talk about enjoying alone time and it turned into a a topic of what loneliness is like with codependency and how to work on that loneliness. How many times have I said loneliness already? All right. Hashtag loneliness. Let's get started. The definition of loneliness is feeling sad and unhappy about feeling socially isolated. I changed this definition to putting feeling socially isolated instead of being socially isolated because sometimes when you have loneliness, you feel isolated even when you're around a group of people. You don't have to be truly isolated to feel lonely because sometimes you can be in a room full of people and still feel very alone. 
And that's because if you're not making genuine connections and you're not feeling genuinely connected to yourself, that can be a very lonely road. So you could be with a whole group of people and still feel lonely. And I think that that's a common misconception. But I think a lot of people can relate to loneliness, especially after COVID. There were really a lot of effects of loneliness through that. And, you know, I'm very excited to be around people again and to begin spending more time with my not immediate family, my family that I wasn't able to see as much during COVID. And as exciting as that is, it's a little bit of a shock. Being lonely became kind of normal. And so being around a lot of people with a lot of different personalities again can be difficult, especially with working with my codependency and keeping my boundaries and kind of a refresher on people's personalities and how I can deal with them in a healthy way. I'm coming out of the loneliness of COVID and then I'm still feeling a little bit lonely when I'm around others because I am recognizing, I don't know, sometimes I just don't feel like I fit in, like the healthy me doesn't fit in to when I was dysfunctional. I feel like I fit better into dysfunctional situations and When I'm trying to be healthy, it's hard to fit in as much. I think that loneliness was exacerbated by COVID, but it's something that's really commonly felt as a codependent. I think oftentimes codependents fear loneliness and jump from one relationship to another. And that that was me growing up. I mean, I didn't really have relationships like until I was older, like real relationships. I was always like the secret girl people talked to that they didn't want to tell people they were talking to me because I don't know why. I don't know why I attracted guys like that, but it was, I felt like because they were embarrassed by me or who I was, but I always had a guy that I was talking to. I always had someone that I was texting all the time. And when I was single after my marriage, there were multiple guys that I was talking to that totally fulfilled me. Like if I didn't have text messages, multiple text messages a day, I didn't feel worthy. And so it was really interesting when I met my husband, I told him that like talking to multiple people all the time and getting all of this attention, it was really hard to just have his attention. Even though once I met him and I started talking to him, I knew that he was different and special and he made a real connection, genuine connection with me. And I would talk to, I could talk to five other guys with no genuine connection. And it didn't feel the same as the connection with him. So I immediately just stopped talking to everyone else. But I do remember that lonely feeling of like, I don't know what it's like to not have a ton of attention because I'm always looking for and craving a ton of attention to fill a void inside of me. And people that, suffer from codependency or love addiction, they're very commonly jumping from one relationship to the next relationship. And they are often attracting people who are the same type of personality, the same type of toxicity, because they're not giving themselves time to heal and grow in between the relationships, because it's more important to be in a relationship and to get that attention and to have something to focus on than it is to be alone. Because 
as a codependent, we fear being alone so much because we're lonely in relationships, let alone lonely by ourselves. We don't know how to be in a situation where we're focusing on ourselves because as a codependent, we devote our lives to focusing on others. When struggling with codependency, we perceive our values and self-worth based on our relationships with others. Oftentimes, it's easier to focus on others than ourselves. Oftentimes, codependents like to focus on the needs of others and their happiness in order to have a false sense of control. Codependents have such a hard time with emotions and understanding our own emotions. And it's really interesting because a lot of times codependent people are empathic people. And they know exactly how everyone else is feeling in the room at the drop of the hat. They think that they know exactly what they could do to make that person feel better or to make the situation better or to fix that person. But oftentimes they're not aware of their own inner feelings or their own emotions or it's way too scary to focus on their own emotions so they just put all of their energy onto someone else. So when when you are either groomed to think about everyone else but yourself or you have done that as a coping mechanism or it's just part of who you are as a codependent that you just choose maybe it's even a choice to focus on other people all the time it makes it really hard to be alone with yourself because there's no one else to fix no one else to have this false sense of control over there's no one else to just put all of your energy into it's so uncomfortable it's so abnormal to just have the focus on yourself Most of the time when you're codependent, you don't want the focus on yourself. You do all of this to not have to focus on yourself. So being alone is very, very scary because you have no one else to focus on but yourself. A lot of times, codependent people run away from being alone. And they have a hard time being alone. And they don't know what to do with themselves when they're alone. They feel very insecure, very vulnerable when they're alone. They feel like a fish out of water because they don't have someone else to focus on. As codependents, we spend so much time investing in others that we feel empty if we don't have someone or something external to focus on. We never took the time to get to know ourselves and what interests us or what makes ourselves happy. Again, we're spending so much time focusing on everyone else's happiness and what makes them happy that we don't even know what makes us happy. I know personally when I started recovering from codependency, I didn't even know what kind of music I liked. Because I just liked whatever music everyone else liked. Every song I liked was because someone else in my life liked it. I didn't know what music made me happy, what made me feel good on the inside. I didn't know what my favorite type of food was. I didn't know what type of outings would be like the perfect date to me. I did know I loved the beach. Like that was something that was always a part of me. I had truly no understanding of who I was on my own and what my interests were and what I liked. Once understanding loneliness, we recognize we often feel loneliness even in a relationship because our true needs are not being met. Loneliness can occur from a lack of healthy connection or intimacy in a relationship when a person doesn't feel heard, nurtured, or cared for. You can be in a relationship with someone, and if your needs are not being met, if you're putting an effort out there and not getting anything in return, that can be really lonely. 
I can say from experience that my first marriage was the loneliest experience I ever had. First of all, I was with someone who was very toxic for me, and he exacerbated my codependency in every way. And he also isolated me from people and made me feel that those that were closest to me didn't care about me, and he was the only one in the world that cared about me. So he would plant seeds into my head that made me not want to be close to the people that I loved. And so I felt very isolated because he was the only person that I turned to for emotional connection because he did a good job of isolating me from everyone else that I loved. And I moved two hours away from everyone I knew for him. All of my friends were his friends. And if he was mad at me, he did a good job of keeping them at a distance from me or telling them things to make them think less of me. He really controlled my bubble. I was reaching to him for connection and he wasn't capable of connecting with me on a level that was healthy for me or to give me what I needed. So it was truly the loneliest experience I ever had. And I really thought that I couldn't live without him. I thought that I wouldn't be able to breathe without him. I didn't, couldn't imagine life without him because I didn't want to be alone. And he did a really good job of making me feel very small. And I truly thought that I would never find someone else that could have feelings for me, that I wasn't worthy of being loved. And I didn't want to be alone. I remember when I was very young crying in my dad's work truck saying, Dad, what if no one ever wants to be with me? What if I die alone? And he looked at me and he's like, are you really scared of that? I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah, I am. And I don't really remember his response, but I remember it. I could tell that he was heartbroken in his eyes just seeing me as a young girl. Like, that was my biggest fear, was not being loved. And I think that should kind of say a lot for my self-esteem and the environment I was raised in. But it was a really touching moment that I think he, you know, just reassured me that that wouldn't happen. And he was right. I mean, who am I to say I don't know if I would die alone? But I really truly feel that I'm recovered enough that I'm not afraid of being alone anymore. I don't think anyone wants to truly die alone. And working with hospice, I can see that. But I also see that, you know, people have their journeys and they come into this world and they leave this world in the way that they're meant to. And sometimes in the exact moment that you take your last breath, a lot of people want to be alone. And I could never have fathomed that before, but it's, it's very true. Um, because they don't want, they love other people so much that they don't want to hurt them. And I truly believe that people choose when they go. Even at the very end, when everything's failing, they get to choose when they go. And I think it's beautiful. Being in the field, I see that all the time. It's a little off topic, but I've had that fear for a very long time of being alone. It took me a long time to realize that even when I was around others, I feel alone. Like I started out this podcast, like being around others that in my past been very dysfunctional. It's hard to be around people who I've had very dysfunctional relationships with in the past and to not feel lonely when I'm not giving in to the dysfunction. I'm in an in-between of like having a healthy functional relationship with them, but also not partaking in the dysfunction of it. And sometimes I do give in to dysfunction and then I just feel terrible about myself. 
Inner loneliness makes it where we feel lonely whether we are truly alone or not. When we feel lonely with others, we fear true loneliness and the idea of being alone even more. Inner loneliness can often stem from a lack of authentic connection with our caregivers as a child. Growing up in dysfunctional, chaotic, and stressful environments are contributing factors to inner loneliness, often called abandonment issues or issues with attachment. Inner loneliness is that feeling like I described of feeling lonely when others are around. That is something that usually occurs from trauma that happened as a child. Growing up with trauma in, like I said, chaotic environments or dysfunction, we develop this inner loneliness and that inner loneliness is carried with us. And it's really important to be aware of inner loneliness. It really could have negative health effects. There's a strong correlation with inner loneliness and depression. And loneliness can trigger stress hormones and increase inflammation, which increases the likelihood of autoimmune disorders. Studies show that it causes issues with sleep, with the immune system, and the cardiovascular system. And there's just a lot of studies that show that loneliness has an increased likelihood of having negative health effects on a person. Learning about loneliness, understanding it, being able to identify the loneliness and find ways to combat loneliness is really important. Oftentimes when feeling loneliness, people want to isolate, even when it's important to try to build connections when fighting loneliness. That's the hard part. And I've noticed this about myself recently. I just want to stay home. When I feel lonely, I have more of a desire to isolate and to pull back, which is the opposite of what someone should be doing when they're feeling lonely. Some suggested ideas when dealing with loneliness to start making plans with a friend. It's been really hot where I live, so I haven't been able to, but probably about six months ago, I made a commitment to start doing weekly walks with one of my friends and to just talk about the things that are going on in our lives to feel that connection. It started in the winter, so it was really good because I get seasonal affective disorder sad very easily, so it was really good to have someone to connect with, and I'm hoping when the weather is not so crazy hot, we can get back to those walks. But that's another thing is finding an exercise buddy or joining an exercise class is a great way of combating loneliness or join a 12-step program like CODA, especially dealing with inner loneliness, specifically with codependency. Joining CODA would be a great way to combat that loneliness and to learn about how to overcome loneliness while also overcoming codependency patterns. And another idea is to volunteer and get your mind off of yourself. So to volunteer for an organization, to go to a homeless shelter and serve a meal, or to be a hospice volunteer and to volunteer to be with families and hospice patients in their their biggest time of need, or maybe volunteering to work with animals. There's lots of different ways to volunteer, but sometimes getting your mind off of yourself and being of service to others is a really good way to combat loneliness. Ways to overcome loneliness. The first is to acknowledge the loneliness, and the second is to get professional help regarding codependency, especially regarding codependency. 
sometimes they say that loneliness correlates with depression. And if you are dealing with depression, it's always a good idea to get professional help. And especially with dealing with codependency, that's also another area that would be worth getting some professional help to get started with working on your recovery of codependency. The next is to develop a social circle, which is kind of what I covered before of the different things you could do to combat loneliness, like joining CODA or an exercise group, just finding a place and inserting yourself so that you have a group of people that you can lean on, positive, uplifting people. To learn to set boundaries is another one. And this is huge because with codependency, it's really hard to say no to people and oftentimes doing things that we don't want to do and giving more of ourselves to others than we should be really creates loneliness. Like codependency can often cause loneliness. And so overcoming codependency can often alleviate loneliness in the long run. A few things that we can set boundaries around for ourselves to help with loneliness is recognizing that we can't always help everyone, understanding it's not our job to fix everything for everyone, and being aware of what we are giving and receiving in our relationships. So those are three things that we can be aware of and pay attention to, to set boundaries with ourselves to help alleviate loneliness, especially when it comes to codependency. And another thing is to do something new or to join a class or group like I stated earlier. But even like joining a college class in ceramics or, you know, finding a new hobby, taking a hot yoga class, like doing something that is fulfilling to us, building a skill for ourselves, building our self-confidence in ourselves, and also putting time into something that we have interest in and, and putting time into that is really important. And I think that the last thing that we can do to work on our loneliness is to really find what we enjoy and what makes us tick. When I was going through my divorce and so I started this by saying that I was like talking to a million people and I had all this attention up till I met my current husband. But the truth is, is about, I would say three months before I met my husband, I made the decision that I wanted to, I mean, even before that, like I was talking to guys, but I was not willing to be in a relationship with them because I knew they weren't who I wanted or healthy for me, which was huge for me to not just jump in because someone was giving me attention because of my fear of being alone. But then there came a point where I decided I wanted to be celibate and I didn't want to just put all my energy into other people. So there was a good few months that I like decided to be celibate and to date myself. And I made a point to do things. I went to a naughty magic show at my local college theater by myself. I took myself on dates to the movies. I would go to one of my favorite tea bars and have a healthy snack and a tea and read my favorite book by myself. I did a lot of outings on my own. I went to a monastery And this was after I met my husband, but I did still do it because I was still learning to love myself and have a relationship with myself. But I went to a monastery and I stayed for three days for a silent retreat. And I brought books that I could color and journal and my crystals for meditating. And I went in the meditation room 
I went to church a million times a day there. It was like five, but it felt like a lot. And I just immersed myself in the culture there and just enjoyed the silence and the stillness and the unplugging from social media and just finding stillness with myself and being able to be okay with myself and be alone. And that was actually really hard. It was really hard to embrace that silence and not having my phone, not having social media. I felt really lonely and like I wasn't going to be able to make it through the first day and then the second two days like flew by. It was such a healing time for myself and just recognizing that I can find happiness and contentment with doing things on my own. And I remember for a while in the beginning of having a roommate after my first husband, I didn't want to be alone. I hated when my roommate wasn't there. Always wanted to have plans to do things with her. And then slowly but surely, like through my recovery with codependency, I really looked forward to the time I was alone or she had plans with her family and I got the house to myself and I could watch whatever show I wanted or spend time doing my steps, my CODA step studies or journaling or meditating, yoga, working with my crystals. I didn't even know I had interest in any of that stuff until I started not focusing on everyone else and focusing on myself. And then I learned how much I loved crystals and the moon cycle and tarot cards and just so many things about myself that I and farmer's market on the weekends, like things that are just genuinely things that I love. And I didn't, I cultivated my own routines and my own happiness. I'm really, truly happy by myself. I love spending time with my husband, but I also love spending time by myself. I love sitting in the closet and talking into my microphone and knowing that someone else might relate to this, but really right now I'm alone in my thoughts and my feelings and I'm just expressing them to a microphone. I don't know if I could do this if I was in the height of my codependency. So like I said, learning to enjoy your own company. My idea is to make a list of things that you think that you like to do or things that pique your interest and just trying it out and having a list of things to do. So when I was going through my divorce and I was dating, I wasn't ready to be alone and I had my roommate, but she wasn't around all the time. And she was like really afraid of my codependency because she could see it. So she pushed me away a lot in the beginning. And so I had to learn to not care. It was like once I stopped caring if she was around, she wanted to be around me. It was really interesting. I didn't have control over when I was going to be alone or not. So I wrote things down that I wanted to accomplish or things I wanted to do. So I had a list of things to keep myself busy and to start learning what I enjoyed to help alleviate that fear of loneliness in the very beginning. I came home and my roommate was going to her mom's house that day. I didn't like freak out on the inside. Like I'm going to have to be by myself. It was like, oh, I really wanted to check out this book that has a guided journaling. Maybe I'm going to read five pages of that and then take a bath or paint my nails. And having those things on my list to do when I'm like starting to feel that anxiety of being alone was really helpful for me. The last thing I want you to remember is that the relationship you have with yourself is the core of every other relationship you have. So if you have a fear of being alone and you don't like being with yourself, it's going to be really hard for others to want to be with you too because you set the ground and the foundation of who you are and what you are 
and what you bring to the table. And if you don't like the relationship with yourself, it really can hinder your relationships with others. And like I said with my roommate, once I started liking to hang out with myself and I was confident and comfortable and I didn't give off this vibe that I needed her to be happy, she wanted to be around me. She wanted to embrace that relationship. But in the beginning, she was very standoffish with me because she could feel my codependency and she didn't want to be the person I latched onto after my divorce. She kind of set those boundaries and it was really helpful, but it helped me to see that our relationship got healthier and healthier once my relationship with myself got healthier and healthier. And I think that the reason I have such a healthy relationship with my husband is because of the comfort level that I was at and and him too. Like, it's really interesting. He and I both started our journeys of self-discovery the same exact month. He decided to get serious about his mental health and his health when he turned 30 in April of 2015. And that was the same month that my ex-husband asked for a divorce. And I started getting really serious about my mental health and my well-being and my physical health. And so we both went on these journeys separately and then came together when we were ready to be together and to have a healthier relationship because we had put so much time and effort into ourselves. So I think just remembering that the relationship that you cultivate with yourself really affects all the other relationships that you have. So it's really important to have a healthy relationship with yourself. And if you're someone that fears loneliness and fears being alone and doesn't know how to be happy alone and has to jump from one relationship to another or has to have constant attention, it's probably really important to look at how that affects you and starting to work on your codependency and starting to find ways to be okay with yourself without having to get your validation from your codependent relationships and starting to get validation for just who you are on your own two feet, not leaning on others for happiness and and your self-worth and just having your own self-worth and your own self-esteem. I just think it's it's a really big step. I just wanted to share that with you. I hope that you guys have a great month. Thank you for letting me talk about loneliness with you. And if you're feeling lonely and you need more tips than what I provided in this episode, feel free to reach out to me at Beatrice Spills the Beans on Instagram or at codependency at BeatriceSpillsTheBeans.com. Like always, awareness sparks growth. And I will see you next month, my friends. (music) 